0: Hello and welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to the Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by me, Lisa Bartlett. Thank you so much for joining me again this Tuesday. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you all again. Um, please do subscribe to the podcast. Download it on your favorite app, whatever. But just make sure it lands on your phone every Tuesday. Uh, I sure appreciate that. And we do have a little discussion group on Facebook. Not gonna lie, not too much action there, but there is a group we can join, and um, it's called the Illuminati, the Light Files podcast. And um, because I'm corny, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> the um, it's a great place if you do have a comment on the podcast. Um, Go there, uh, leave a message, and uh, I will certainly take a look at it and get back to you because I always appreciate the input I get on this podcast. Actually, I have to say that was one of my favorite parts of June Market was uh, being stopped by more than one of you (laughs) Um, saying that you listen to the podcast, you like it, don't like it, whatever the case may be. Um, But I really actually enjoyed hearing from the people who disagreed with me on things or had a different take on something. It really does give me a whole bigger, better perspective of what goes on in our industry. So please don't ever hesitate to tell me that you think I'm way off base on, on a particular topic or idea. Um, because it only makes me better. And the whole point of this podcast is to get these ideas out into our marketplace and our industry to give us something to think about and to grow on and to kind of work together towards a better, brighter future. See, Corny, told you. Um, (laughs) So all of the feedback that I get from you all um, really, really does help make this a better experience for all of us. So please keep it coming. I appreciate it. I was talking um, with Kirsten, my fellow LSA board member on a call recently, and we were talking a little bit about, um, customer service. So it got me thinking about the light file for this week that I wanted to talk about. And it was about kind of the different approaches we all take to customer service. And, um, I really think it's funny because if you're not in, like a retail business or a customer-facing business. I guess a lot of businesses are customer-facing, but just like to different degrees of interaction with the customer. But, you know, you're always taught as a consumer, especially in America, (laughs) that the customer is always right, right? Like this is the adage that we all know. And if you're a brick-and-mortar retailer, um, you sort of hate a little bit. (laughs) let's just keep that between us. Don't tell my customers. (laughs) I certainly appreciate the customer is right in a lot of ways, but this like mindset of like, I'm always right. I can stomp into your store and demand anything I want because I have been told the customer is always right. It's bonkers and it's not actually how the world works. (laughs) There is definitely this like push pull when you own a business and have a lot of like frequent different customer interactions, you know, like with a wide variety of people. And again, there, this mindset of the customer is always right, is kind of prevalent in the world that we live in. Um, there's also seems to be sometimes like you're not allowed to make money on your business. (laughs) It's like, it's like, I'm not, it's like, there's an idea that if you're making money in your business, that you're screwing people, sometimes it's a weird spot to be in, and um, sort of challenging sometimes to be like, "Hey, I'm really not screwing you. We're just covering costs, paying all these people's salaries. Um, yeah, there's no magic tricks happening here. I'm not a bajillionaire, and never will be, <laughs> and that's fine. But like, it's just a weird spot to be in with customers sometimes." But, um, so Chris and I were talking a little bit about, um, this, uh, group that we both, um, participate in and follow on Facebook a bit. And it's, you know, uh, been helpful for me since the pandemic as a retailer, I'm in no way, shape or form compensated for this, but WizBank is the group. I'm sure I've mentioned it before whiz Um, Bob Nagan is the, uh, leader of it and he comes with a. Strong retail background. Anyway, it's a really interesting group. If you're a retailer, I recommend checking it out. Um, and at least just getting on their like free weekly email list. Um, it's just been a good way to keep at the top of my mind things I need to be focusing on as a retailer, because I do frequently get a little bit into the administrative weeds of my job, you know, payroll, insurance, uh, the purchase orders, whatever. Like I get in admin world of just like running a business and I sort of kind of forget (laughs) the bigger picture things sometimes. So just getting a regular email reminder of like, think about your customers, think about what you're doing, think about how you're doing it. Um, it can be really great reset for me. And, um, one of the things that we were talking about is there was a, a email, gosh, I think I got this one back in May. And it basically said that, um, until, They prove otherwise. Always give your customer the benefit of the doubt. And this is sort of like the update on the customer is always right thing, you know. And uh, Kirsten and I were talking about it and thinking, you know, discussing like, do we agree? Do we not agree? And um, it's just a challenging place to be sometimes. And where I kind of landed after our discussion was... Thinking about, and this is something that I think often we don't take enough time to do or to reset ourselves on, but to think about who your customer, think about who your real primary customer is and how they want to buy and the experience you want to have, they want to have as your customer, and making sure that the core of your business satisfies those needs. And this is going to be different for every one of us as lighting showrooms. We could all be independent lighting showrooms, but the answer to one person's, you know, one person's answer to that question of who is my core customer might be retail. You know, people coming in off the street to update their house. Um, Somebody else's answer might be interior designers. A lot of people's answers are going to be home builders, Someone else's answer might be electrical contractors. So this is like, it's a a moving target for everyone. But I do think we don't often spend enough time to stop and sit with who is my primary customer and are they getting the experience they want and need in my showroom, in my store to fulfill their needs and to keep them loyal and coming back Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, are we doing the most for those customers? And then once we've satisfied that need, are we moving on maybe to the second tier of customers and making sure we're satisfying the needs and wants of that level, that category of customer for us? Like, kind of think of it as like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> And think about, um, you know, shelter and food as being like your primary customer base and like the people that you need to take care of the most to ensure you're at least staying in business. And then you fill in the next level. I forget what the next level is. I learned this a long time ago. Um, <laughs> and then you fill in the next level of a customer that maybe is your second biggest like basket of customers and making sure their needs and experiences are being managed in your store. And I think there is just oftentimes, like, I'm just in my daily life. I'm processing. I'm doing this, doing that. I'm not really taking any time to step back and think about my customers, who they are, what their needs are. Are they being fulfilled? Is my staff fulfilling those needs? Or are we just kind of, you know, doing whatever (laughs) to make the days go by and get our paychecks. So I think it would be a really valuable exercise for everyone to take even just 10 minutes and really think about this. Like, who is my customer? Like, I know it kind of sounds silly to like write it down and it doesn't have to be, you know, really, uh, detailed, right? Like you don't have to say like, Middle aged women in this income bracket with two kids. You know, I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about like the category of customer. Are they getting their needs met in your store? Are you making uh, display decisions and staff decisions and stock decisions that are helping? benefit your core customer and then your second tier and your third tier customer after that. But are you satisfying those needs for that customer? So I'll give you a little example about what I mean with this, but like, think about how you're displaying product, right? So, you know, the thing in the industry right now is like gallery displays, buy a gallery, put it in every, this manufacturer's product, you know, put it in this amount of square footage, all their product, all one space here, mix it right there. You know, like it's very uniform, right? But of that one brand, and then you have another gallery of another brand. So just think about that. Is that really serving your customer? Is that helping meet their needs? Are they getting the experience they want coming into your store being gallery, 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 gallery with maybe no real cohesion between all of them. It's like this brand store and this brand store and this brand store, or are your customers better served by having the brand of your lighting showroom? And then within your lighting showroom brand, you display this and that, and you make it look beautiful with vignettes and stage so that they can get the cozy home feeling. Or, I mean, potentially you have, um, let's say a big designer audience that specifically wants to look for a brand and they want to stick with a brand. So maybe the galleries work in that case. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out as something to think about. Like are all of the things you're doing in your store really serving your customer and meeting the ways that they want to buy? like i would say that customers are coming to us for solutions for ideas for expertise and the lighting is like the the widget that we're selling but the why of how the why of a customer shopping with us is to get the experience the expertise the you know solution to the problem so, really, what you're selling in your store is like the solution, the idea, and then the lighting is just the thing that satisfies the need. So, are your customers coming in and getting what they need from you? So, I would just say there's really um, needs to be a, a focus and intention on your core business and making sure that the way your customer wants to buy is being met and certainly be available to all kinds of customers. But, you know, make sure the primary is served, then move on from there. And, you know, like I was saying, this isn't just necessarily in product displays. That was just an example I threw out, but it could be in how you're staffed. Does the way your business operate mean you need more warehouse staff? Do you need a second delivery truck? Do you need more salespeople? Do you need, you know, the list goes on of things that you might need to offer. Um, But definitely be always have in mind the way the customer wants to experience your business, not necessarily just what you want to do, right? So maybe for me, it would make more sense, you know, in my mind, to generate more sales and hire another salesperson. But maybe what my customers, what my core customers really need from me is a second delivery vehicle so that I can get orders out quicker and quicker and quicker um, You know, to all of the areas that they're building as opposed to just, okay, well, we can't get you on the schedule this week. It's going to be next week. So really giving some thought to what makes my customer experience the best because having that great experience is what's going to keep them loyal to us. So part also of what I was thinking about <laughs> when talking about this customer experience and customers always right uh, idea was um, th- this is a sort of random sidebar, but tan- but but related. Um, one of my I don't know what to call it pet peeves is when a customer does that I'm going to tell all my friends which sometimes that they say that in a positive way. Like I had such a great experience. I'm going to tell all my friends, which of course we love and appreciate, but the, I'm going to tell all my friends what a terrible time I've had. That threat always just sort of makes me laugh. We kind of, uh, it's serious, right? Like I would never laugh in a customer's face. Like, okay, I apologize that we didn't meet your needs, all of those things. But internally I'm thinking in my head, um, your friends probably already know that you're exceptionally difficult and hard to please. (laughs) So go ahead. (laughs) I just, you know, it's one of these things that customers say a lot, but it's just sort of, um, whatever customer service is fun, man. Um, (laughs) so to tie all this in together about customers and how they want to buy and how we're building our businesses and really spending some time with having a great customer experience. I do think fair, being fair, being open, um, knowing, uh, being, um, being a good listener, like, but I don't really mean it like being a good listener. What I want to say more is like, let your customer know they've been heard. I don't know. That's two sides to the same coin, I think. But there is a difference between like being an active listener and just being like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, I get it. And then really hearing your customer and trying to solve a problem for them. Like, I think that is more of the core of the customers always right adage that you really need to take to heart that like hear your customer and um be fair in your response to them but not always just being the most fair in the way they want but being fair to your own business and your own employees and your own needs as, as a, as a small business owner, like there's no shame in that. And we should be allowed to be fair to ourselves and our employees, as well as be fair to our customers. These things are not mutually exclusive. As I like to say, they are a both and not either, or, you know, and then, you know, trying to do everything you can to make it better so that you don't get the, I'm going to tell all my friends what a terrible person you are threat. Because, you know, none of us really wants that. But again, just always have it in your mind. Because um, sometimes these things really hurt my feelings <laughs> as a business owner. I've gotten way better at uh, being able to manage that over the years. But sometimes when put, somebody says that, like, I'll get really like, oh, you know, what a kick. Uh, that makes me feel terrible. And I'm so sorry this person feels this way. But again, if you can put a little put like perspective on it, take a deep breath. Know that if a customer is saying, you know, things like that to you, they've their friends well know that they can sometimes be challenging. And if you know you have done everything you possibly can to meet and or exceed their needs, um, it'll be just fine, you know? But these um, notions of what your core customer is, their core needs, I think are really critically important to not just the day to day of your business like by by having these like core values or core things that you're you're setting your business up for But honestly, in the long run, thinking about customers this way has made my job a little easier in a lot of ways, which sounds strange, but having this like kind of clear picture in my mind of who we're serving and how we're serving them and what we're aiming towards has actually made my everyday decision-making faster, right? Because I'm working on this framework that I have pretty solidified in my head. And I'm not saying I make every decision correctly or get it right the first time, but I know what I'm aiming for. I know what that customer and that environment looks like. And the more I can make decisions for display and staffing and vehicles, whatever, with this customer audience in mind, the decisions become easier to make, right? So like if you're thinking about, okay, do I hire a salesperson or do I buy a new delivery truck? Well, so give it some thought with who that core customer is for you and what is going to best meet their needs, right? And that's the way you go. And I'm not saying ignore all other customer types. They're all important. But I find that if I think about my core customer and make sure the puzzle pieces are in place for them, then I can add another building block on top of that for the next level of customer and their needs. And sometimes just satisfying the needs of like what I what might call like my core customer um, has a trickle down effect of. You know, helping all of the others along the way, right? Uh, like if I know I need more delivery vehicles for my primary customer, well, then I have those delivery vehicles available for all my other customers too. So it does have, you know, a, a trickle down effect with with more than one uh, customer type. So just spend some time if you haven't thinking about it. Think about what your standards are in your store. Think about um, how you can collaborate with your customers. Think about how you can create the experience that you want for them, that they want from you and how they can have fun when they're visiting you. Like you want customers to come into your store and be engaged, have a good time, get the solutions they need and to walk out just with a really great positive experience. And that's what you want customers telling their friends. Those are the kinds of word of mouth that do tend to spread like wildfire in a really good way. And that's what we're all aiming for every day with our businesses. So thank you all so much for listening. Once again, everyone take care. I will talk to you next time.